Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. We're so happy that you decided to join us today. This is the teaching podcast from our Sunday worship service, recorded at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Our goal as a church is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. We hope that this message inspires you and helps to lead you deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. How's everyone doing today? You guys are a little quiet today. What's going on? Good morning, Christ Fellowship. Good morning, everyone. I'm excited to be here with you all this morning, and I want to give a warm welcome to those joining us via live stream uh, today. Here we are, the Sunday after Super Bowl Sunday. How many people watch the Super Bowl? Raise your hands. All right. How many people watch the Super Bowl because you like football? Okay. How many watched it for the commercials? All right. I like football, but I look forward to the commercials on Super Bowl Sunday. Who has a favorite commercial? Shout it out. Dunkin' Donuts? Sonic? Anybody else? Squarespace? Now, if you were here last week, I think Pastor Carlos may have mentioned that there's something that I really like. I think he kind of mentioned that I like coffee, right? All right. So we're going to watch my favorite commercial from Super Bowl Sunday. Can we guess? Let's see. Special Dunkin' Run, medium or large coffee, get a donut for an incremental dollar. Like, how can it be this inexpensive and good? No sugar. I'm just going to have to just give you 10 munchkins. You look a little lost. One second, I'm trying to find the bagels. Do I look familiar? Oh. Should I be in it or you want to see the self-portrait? What are you doing here? Ask me if I'm Is like this friends. what you do when you say you're going to work all day? I, I got to go, guys. Grab me a glaze. <laughs> that was my favorite. Any coffee drinkers in the house? All right, all right. Coffee's good for you. Coffee's good for you. Now, the commercials were interesting, right? And there were a few I, I didn't get. There was that creepy one with the big rabbit hiding, like, behind the trees. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. But there were, yeah, you missed it. You missed it. But there were all kinds of different commercials. And there were some interesting commercials that came out this year. But there was one in particular that really got my attention. And I remember when I saw it, my husband and I both looked at each other and we were like, hmm, that's interesting. So let's check out the interesting commercial and see if you caught it. If you think that all is lost, that every dream has faded, that the last light of hope is gone, Think again. It's there within you. Something that can never die. You can live again. The power. Live again. To rise. To create. To live. Again.
nothing is more powerful than you. Now that one caught my attention. It talked a lot, right? About how we have the power within us. We have the power to live again. Everything that we need is inside of us. And it said it over and over. And then it ends with nothing is more powerful than you. And this got me thinking, right, about the messaging that we get from society, that we get from commercials, that we get from everything around us, what the messaging is, what it's really telling us. And sometimes we don't realize what they're really saying. Or we think, oh, wow, that's a positive message. That was really nice and inspiring. But is it really? Something very important is missing from that commercial. Can anybody tell me what was missing? Jesus, God, was missing from that commercial. We're told over and over through commercials, through quotes, through TV shows, through our friends, through society, we're told that we are strong, we're independent, we're alone, we are better than others. We can do this ourselves. We hear this time and time again, and we start to believe it without even knowing it. And we start to rely on ourselves and depend on ourselves more and more and trust ourselves because nothing is more powerful than us. Nothing is stronger than me. And my question, my first question is, is this true for us, children of God? No, it's not. But we can fall into believing these things. And we can start to rely on ourselves and depend on ourselves so much that we forget about God. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. Today, we're going to be focusing on the book of Judges. As many of you know, we're going through the Bible and we're looking for God sightings through the different books that we read this year. Now, when I was reviewing this book and preparing for today, one of the things that stood out to me was how many times the people of God or the people of Israel forgot about God. Over and over throughout the book, we read how they would turn back to idolatry. They would stop worshiping God and start relying on themselves. We read something interesting in the beginning of the book here how they entered the promised land, but there were still pockets of groups of people that were unconquered. See, they were supposed to take over this land that was promised to them, and it was supposed to be for them, but there were groups of people that were still unconquered. And in Judges 2, verses 21 to 23, we read, I will no longer drive out the nations that Joshua left unconquered when he died. I did this to test Israel to see whether or not they would follow the ways of the Lord as their ancestors did. That is why the Lord left those nations in place. He did not quickly drive them out or allow Joshua to conquer them all. And in Joshua 3, 2, we read why he did it. He says it. He says he did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. If you were here last week, Pastor Carlos spoke about Joshua, right? And he mentioned that Joshua and Caleb had a different spirit, one that pleased the Lord. 
Well, now they had died. And those that were left now was a new generation that had yet to see the work of God themselves. They had heard about the power of God, but they had yet to experience it for themselves. Much like us, right? We didn't live when Jesus walked the earth, right? We get to see it in in movies and we get to read it in the Bible, but we didn't walk with him. And that's pretty much what was happening here. And it tells us that the Lord did this to test Israel, to test their faithfulness, but they failed. They began to worship all these false gods. They were committing spiritual adultery. And because of that, they lost God's favor in battle. And they would go into battle and the Lord's favor was not there. We read in Judges 2.15, every time Israel went out to battle, the Lord fought against them, causing them to be defeated, just as he had warned. And the people were in great distress. I'm I'm not sure today if you read the book, but this happened for several years. Israel would repent and then go back to false gods and not trusting and relying on God, not obeying his law. And when this happened, God would allow their enemies to oppress them. And again, each time that the people of Israel cried out to God, he would hear their cries and deliver them. And he would send leaders, right, called judges to be over them. In Judges chapter 2, verse 18, it tells us, whenever the Lord raised up a judge over Israel, he was with that judge and rescued the people from their enemies throughout the judge's lifetime. For the Lord took pity on his people who were burdened by oppression and suffering. And what I want to highlight here is that God is righteous and merciful. God is righteous and God is merciful. When the people of God fell back to their wicked ways, there were consequences to that. They were oppressed and they suffered. And the same is true for us. Last week, when Pastor Carlos was teaching, he talked about trust and obedience, right? We have to trust God and we have to obey God. And when we don't trust and obey God and we don't obey his word, his instructions for our lives, we will have to deal with those consequences. There is no other way around it. There will be suffering. There will be oppression in our lives. So long as we continue to do whatever we want to do, living in idolatry, we are doing the same thing as the people of Israel. Now, you may not literally be worshiping an image, right? That's the picture we get. They were literally worshiping images, and they were literally worshiping other gods. And we may not be doing that, We may not be bowing down physically before a statue, but idolatry is a matter of the heart. Pride, self-centeredness, greed, gluttony, a love for possessions. Anything that we put in place of God is idolatry. Anything that we put in place of God is idolatry. So the big question today is, who or what do you worship? Who do you worship? What do you worship? Do you worship God in everything you say, 
in everything you think and everything that you do? Is he first in your life before your family, before yourself, before your career, before your ministry, before your gifts? Is he first in your life? Or do we have someone or something else in first place? Because if we do, we will have issues. Things will not work out well. We will feel that conflict because God is righteous and nothing and no one can stand in first place if we say God is our God. There will be conflict there. If we say that we believe in him and he is our Lord, we need to make sure that he is first in our lives. Now, if we evaluate ourselves today and see that God is not first and we want to make him first, all we have to do is cry out to God, ask him to forgive us, and he will show us mercy just like he did over and over again to the people of Israel. Why? Because he loved them and he does the same for us. We just need to ask him. Isaiah 55, 7 says, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. All we have to do is ask him to forgive us, and he will. This isn't like, you know, when you don't know how to go up to somebody and you don't know what to say because you messed up and you don't know what words to come out of your mouth. That's not how God is. All he wants is a sincere heart. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me that I haven't been making you number one in my life. And he will forgive us. Amen? All right. Now, throughout the book of Judges, we read about six different judges. So get out your notebooks because we're going to go through each one one by one. No, 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 no. No, we're not. We're going to cover two. But I suggest that you read the book if you hadn't so you can read about all the judges that God used to lead the people of Israel. God empowered these judges. And you may have heard of two of them before. One was Gideon and the other was Samson. So I'm going to paraphrase the story of Gideon for you today. Give me one moment. One day, Gideon was secretly separating seed from the wheat plant in the wine press, and he was hiding from the enemies, the Midianites. And an angel of the Lord appeared and spoke to him and said, you are courageous and God is with you. And he told Gideon that he was going to conquer the Midianites. And Gideon responded, how can I free Israel from the Midianites? My family is the poorest tribe, and I am the least important person in my family. And the angel replied and said, you will be able to do this because God will help you. So Gideon went out, and he assembled the men, and he had 32,000 Israelite men ready for battle. Gideon went to fight the Midianites, and God said to him, hold on, 32,000 is too many, because if you fight with 32,000 and you win, they will think that the men did it and not God. So he said to 
Gideon, let those that are afraid go home. So Gideon went to the men and he said, if you're scared, you can go home. And guess how many he ended up with from 32,000? 10,000 men. So Gideon thought, okay, with 10,000 men, we can do this, right? And God said, that's still too many men. Still too many men. So he said, take them down by the river. And those that put their face in the water to drink can go home. And those that kneel down and bring cup the water and bring it to their mouth can stay. And from 10,000 men, Gideon was left with 300 men that cupped the water and brought it to their mouth. And God said, okay, you're ready to go to battle with 300 men. Right? So the enemies outnumbered all of these 300 men. How would God help the Israelites conquer their enemy? The Israelites trusted in God. Near the camp of the Midianites, Gideon divided his 300 soldiers into three groups. Each soldier was given a trumpet and a torch inside a jar. That was it. That's what they were given. And in the middle of the night, the Israelite soldiers arrived at their enemy's camp. Following Gideon's example, they blew their trumpets, broke their jars, and held up their lighted torches all together. They shouted a sword for God and for Gideon. The Midianite soldiers were awakened And they were scared out of their minds. They had no clue what was going on. So much so that they started to fight with one another. And they fled. And with God's help, the Israelites conquered their enemies. And for the rest of Gideon's life, the people of Israel lived in peace, free from harm from their enemies. And you see, when God calls you to do something, God will empower you. God empowered Gideon that day, and they went out and they won with 300 men. But did the men win? No, it was God who did it. And he will not send us out alone either. The same way Gideon went out, God went out with him. He will not send us out alone. He will go with you. He will go before you. Was Gideon scared? I'd be scared, right? I had 32,000 men and I end up with 300. Like, who's going to fight here? I'd be scared, but he still did it. Because when we're walking in obedience and trusting God, he empowers us. He does it. Not us, not our own strength, God. He uses us to lead people to him. He uses us to deliver people out of bondage. We are instruments in God's hands. He gives us the strength when we're walking with him. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end 
of the age. He will be with us. We are never alone. No matter what our mind tells us, no matter what the picture looks like, we are never alone. Each one of us that call ourselves children of God, we sang it today, right? Each one of us, we have a job to do. We have an assignment from God. God has already empowered us to do it. We just have to go out and do it. And look at the job God is giving you, not the job that he gave someone else, because each one of our jobs is different and unique. God gave it to us. He assigned it to us. For some of us, it's, you know, teaching and working in the church. For others, it's at their jobs. It's in their homes. It's in their communities. It's as they go out on the street. It's where they live. It's a different job for every single one of us, but we all have a job to do, and we can all do it because God has empowered us to do it. Amen? Now about Samson. Let's go to Samson, Judge Samson. After many years, the Israelites turned away from God. Then an enemy called the Philistines began fighting against them. Once again, the people of Israel turned back to God and called for his help. God sent an angel to talk with an Israelite man, Manoah, and his wife. And he told them that she would give birth to a very special child. Their son was to be dedicated to God and never cut his hair, nor drink strong drink, nor drink wine. Samson was born and grew to be stronger than any other man. And one day, with only his hands, he killed a lion. That's how strong Scripture says he is. In Judges 14, verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat, meaning like it was nothing. He just tore it apart. Many times he fought against the enemies, the Philistines, and won with God's help. Judges 14, 19 says, Then the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him. He went down to Ashkelon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of everything, and gave their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. What should be difficult becomes easy when God empowers us to do it. See, what, what looks impossible, what looks difficult, is no longer difficult when God is empowering us to do it. When we operate under the strength of the Holy Spirit, nothing can stand in our way. Nothing can destroy us or tire us out. What we need to understand and recognize is that when God empowers us, nothing can stop us. Oftentimes, though, we forget what a mighty God we serve. We forget who God is. We forget what has happened before us, the stories that we get to read about in the Bible. We forget about the times that God has done things in our lives. We forget about it. But God, man, he's a mighty God, and we can do anything that he calls us to do because he goes with us. But in order for these things to happen, we have to be dwelling in God's presence, We need to be spending time with him, getting to know him. 
We need to walk in obedience and we need to trust in God. This all works together. It can't be whenever we want to or whenever we feel like it. It requires us spending time with God, dwelling with God, trusting in God, believing in God, listening to God, hearing God. He will do it all if we're walking with him. We need to rely on God and not on our own strengths. When we start to rely on our own strengths, we get tired. We get frustrated. And we have to be very careful that we are relying on God and not on our own strength. Sorry, that we haven't even run ahead of God, right? Because he tells us to do something and sometimes we just take off and he's still standing here and we're all the way over here. But, but I went, but you, you didn't stop to hear what God wanted you to do and how he wanted you to do it. Are we spending time with God? Are we walking with God? Are we coming to him and asking him to lead us, to direct our steps, to help us with those decisions that we need to make? Are we coming to him and praying and seeking him what we should do next in our lives? Are we truly coming to God? Is he truly first? Or are we running to him and saying, you know, I made these plans. I need you to bless them. Or I already committed to this, Lord, I need you to show up, please, because I already committed to this. And maybe it's something he didn't want you to commit to. Are we truly seeking him? Are we spending time with him? Are we dwelling in God's presence? If we're not careful to make sure that we are connected to God, we can come to the realization that he is not even with us. Let's read Judges 16, verse 20. Then she called to Samson, the the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Samson had not realized that the Lord had left him. What a sad and frightening thought to go about life thinking that God is with us, but we don't even realize how self-reliant we have become, how disobedient we have become. You know, and disobedience is an interesting word. I have this discussion, my children know. Disobedience is not just not doing it. Disobedience is doing it when you want to do it. That is still being disobedient. Well, God, I did it. Yeah, but you did it when you felt like it. You didn't do it when I asked you to do it. You know, God says, speak to so-and-so, and and we don't want to speak to so-and-so, so so we send out a quick text because we don't want to speak to so-and-so. But God didn't say send a text. God said talk to that person or whatever God is calling you to do. It's responding to God when He wants us to respond and how he wants us to respond, not when we feel like it. We have to realize, have we become so dependent on our own abilities, on our own efforts, on our own strength, on our own power, that maybe God isn't 
with us? Maybe he's not there. Maybe he's not as close as you think he is. Because maybe you've left him behind to do your own things. Where are we? We have to be honest with ourselves. You know, for some of us sitting here today and even listening, we may not know the Lord. We may not be there yet, right? We're just starting on a journey. And God, you know, he has the word of God tells us exactly what to do. You come here, you learn, you come to our classes and you go learning and learning. But for some of us sitting here today, we know what God's word says. Are we listening to it? Are we doing what God wants us to do? We have to be honest with ourselves. Is the Lord still in the midst of what we are doing? Is his presence in it? Let us not walk in disobedience to him. Don't keep pushing him aside. Don't keep pushing his instructions aside, doing things the way that we want to do them instead of God how God tells us to do it. You see, God is a gentle God. He will not force himself upon us. If we're not seeking after him, if we're not listening to him, if we're doing things on our own, eventually he will leave. God is righteous. God is merciful. But we have to seek and walk after him. We have to be obedient to him. You know, it's much like marriages, right? Sometimes people wake up, you hear the stories years later, and they're like, we grew apart and we didn't even know it. Well, how did, how, how did you not know it? Because you were going about doing things by yourself. You weren't communicating. You weren't checking in to see what's going on. And the same thing happens. You grow apart. Not because God didn't want to be there, but because we didn't dwell with him, because we didn't seek after him, because we didn't do what he wanted us to do. And what a thought, right? I don't want to wake up one day and realize that the spirit of God has left. I don't want that for me, and I don't want that for anyone here to realize, I thought God was in it all along. Right now, I want us to take a moment and honestly reflect and assess where we stand today with God. Is he first in our lives? Are we truly dependent on him? Are we relying on him? I want every eye closed and every head bowed here today. If you're here today and you've never asked God to be the center of your life, or if you did at some point, but you walked away from him, and today you want him to be the center of your life, I'm going to ask you to stand up right where you are, and we're going to pray together. Everybody else, you pray. This is your time with God. But if you're standing up right now, I want you to repeat with me, Father God, I come before you today and I repent. 
I ask you, Lord, to be first in my life. Forgive me of my sins and cleanse me, Lord, from all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want you guys to just stay where you are, continue praying. And for the rest of you, I want you to spend this time checking your heart out. We need to be honest with ourselves. Where are we? Is God first in our lives? Have we been just doing it ourselves on our own abilities, in our own strength? This is a time between you and God. If you want that to change, if you're sitting here today and you're realizing, you know what, God has not been the center for some time in my life. He has not been first. My problems, my circumstances, my children, my family, my job, my worries, my cares, everything going on in the world has come in before him. But I don't want that anymore. This is between you and God. Pastor Harold is going to be leading a worship song. The altar is going to be open for you. But this is between you and God. Do you want to walk out of here today and say, you know what, Lord? You are first over anything, over anyone in my life today. When Irma came up earlier today, I was sitting in the balcony and I remember getting a vision while she was speaking. And it was for some. You know the verses. You know the word. But you're playing with God. And God is saying, I want to be the center of your life. I want you. I want to be with you. But you haven't given me your full heart. You've been doing things on your own and I can be with you and I can strengthen you and I can open doors for you. But only if you allow me to come in. And you're on that thin line of my story with Samson when Samson went out thinking that the Lord was there and he was not there. And you're on that thin line. And God is saying, I want to be there with you and for you. But you need to want me there. So we're just going to sing this one more time and give our hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your love and we thank you for your mercy and today my Lord we come before you Lord God and we say Lord God 
your way is better, Lord God. Be the center of our lives, Lord God. Be first, Lord God. Forgive us, Father, for placing other things before you, my Lord. Forgive us for putting doubt, for putting fear, for putting worries, for putting our families, our jobs, Lord God, anything before you, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord, from walking away from you, Lord God, and thinking we got this. Lord God, we understand, we know, we acknowledge today, Lord God, that apart from you, we are nothing, and that without you, we can do nothing, Lord God. So, Father God, we come before you today, Lord. We give it all to you right now, Father God. We place you first in our lives, you first in our homes. You first today, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God. Have your way in our lives, Lord God. We choose you today, Lord God, to do, Lord God, whatever you want to in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. If you'd like to see a video recording of the full worship service this teaching came from, you can watch On Demand on our YouTube channel, and you can join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.